Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you ever find yourself really distracted during Mass, especially during those readings? You know, you tell yourself, oh, this is the Bible. It's really important this week. I'm really going to pay attention to the readings. And then in the first reading, one of your kids has to go to the bathroom. Or in the second reading, you're thinking about a problem at work or the game that afternoon or maybe those donuts they're going to serve after Mass. You know, really, really very important things. And and by the time you get to the Gospel reading and you're sitting down and the priest is giving the homily and he's expounding on all the readings and you're you're lost and you didn't pay attention. You're wondering, what were those readings about again? Well, that happens to the best of us. And I understand as Catholics, you know, we focus a lot on the second half of Mass, the Eucharist. You know, it is the source and summit of our faith. It is the sacrament of sacraments. It's the most profound encounter we can have with our God here on earth, but we can't forget and we can't neglect the first half of the Mass, the liturgy of the Word. God wants to encounter us there. In fact, we'll, we'll have a more profound encounter with God in the Eucharist if we really listen to Him and we hear Him speak to us in His Word. That's what I want to talk about in today's episode. I want to really talk about this as a profound moment of encounter, how God really wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you and He wants to strengthen you. He wants to guide you through those readings if we can really enter into the liturgy of the Word. So welcome to this episode of All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I want to give a special welcome to any new listeners that are joining us for the first time. Welcome to the show. Check out my website, edwardsree.com. I give a lot of free background information on many of the the topics we talk about in this podcast. And one of the things we're going to talk about in this episode is a book I wrote called A Biblical Walk Through the Mass, Understanding What We Say and Do in the Liturgy. And I'm going to draw on a couple of the chapters from that book I wrote. You can get that book at ascensionpress.com. They're the publishers. They're also the creators of the show notes that you can get. You get these for free. You can go to ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. And each week you can get the show notes that give you uh, the outlines, some of the quotes, some of the extra information that can help you enter into the topics we explore each week. And so again, you can go to ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic to subscribe to those show notes. But as we think about the liturgy of the word, I want to take you into a biblical story. I want to take you into the story of the Israelites at Mount Sinai. You may remember that story of the Israelites escaping from Pharaoh in the Exodus, and they get to Mount Sinai. And it's there that God will give them the Ten Commandments. How did the people first hear the Ten Commandments? You know, many Christians say that they, they got the Ten Commandments through Moses, and Moses got them from God. God wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone. Moses carried those tablets down the mountain, and then Moses proclaimed them to the people. And that's true, but it's not the first time that the people heard the Ten Commandments. They didn't get it from Moses. They didn't get it from some tablets of stone first. You know how they first heard those 10 sacred words, those 10 commandments? From God himself. This is going to be a very important point to understand the liturgy of the word. God spoke directly to the people first, and then later it was written on those tablets of stone. But he spoke to the people first, and he told Moses to get the people ready, that God was going to come and meet the people at Mount Sinai. 
and they had to prepare for this. And, and when they finally hear God speak, what's fascinating is the language God uses in those 10 commandments. When you hear those words, thou shall not kill, thou shall not commit adultery, thou shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Did you know that the word for thou, the word for you is not the second person plural, God isn't speaking like a Southerner that might say, (laughs) y'all, you know, y'all shall not kill. Y'all shall not commit adultery. He's not speaking in the plural to a large group, a general group of people. It's the second person singular that's used. God is saying you, specifically you. It's as if he's saying, you, Sarah, do not commit adultery. He's saying, you, Mike, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. He's saying, you, Edwards III shall not steal. It's a, it, not, as, not that God chose their personal names that day, but he did use the second person singular. That's what the biblical text tells us, that God was speaking individually. It was one voice and all the people heard the same voice of God, but they heard it spoken as if it was just to them as an individual. You know, I, I think that's an important point about the word proclaimed at the mass in the liturgy of the word. When we hear these stories from sacred scripture, God is speaking not just in general to all of his people. He has a specific word for you and a specific word for me. He has something he wants to challenge us with through these words. And I think this is beautiful. It's why, you know, if you've ever noticed this, you go to mass and maybe if you ever talk about the readings later, you know, the word can hit somebody in one way and it can mean something very important but in a different way to someone else. And then you hear it and, and it hits you in a different way. You know, you might be encouraged by something from the biblical story. Somebody else may be, oh, wow, that, that was really challenging to me. And it can take on different meaning. Let's take, for example, the words that Gabriel says to Mary in the Annunciation. Let's say that was the gospel reading where Gabriel says to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary. Now, th- those words may stand out to you, to you. And, and because maybe there's something you're afraid about. You're, you're nervous about something going on with your family, with one of your kids or some problem at work. And so when you hear those words, do not be afraid, it, it, you, it, you're encouraged by that. You're being challenged by God. Let go. Trust me. Don't be afraid. But maybe there's something else that hits a different person from that same reading from the Annunciation. Maybe they're not struck by do not be afraid, but they're more struck by what the angel says when he says to Mary, the, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And you just needed to hear that. Yes, God is with us. God is with me. He can help me through this problem. So it's the same Bible reading. It might even be the same words, but people hear them and are touched in a different way. It's so beautiful. It's the same divine word. That's what happens here. You see, the Bible stories we hear at mass aren't just stories from a long time ago. These are divine words spoken in the words of men. They're inspired by God. And so these words uh, can, can, they, they come from God. They were spoken at a certain moment, at a certain point in history through a certain human writer like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or Paul, or, or whoever the human writer was. And yet those divine words spoken in the words of men can, can carry on through the centuries and across time and space and touch our own hearts today. So think about that. Every time you go to mass, there's a, a personal word that God has for you. Are you are you waiting to hear it? Are you welcoming it into your life? How do these scripture readings apply to me today? What is God saying to me today? What is he what is he challenging me on? What is he calling me to repent of? What is he asking me to do? How how is he trying to to comfort me right now? These words are spoken for you. 
Will you listen? You know, another way we can think of this is this. Have any of you ever had a chance to, um, to do the readings at mass? Have you ever been a lector? You know, being a lector isn't simply a public reader of the texts. You know, that, that would be more of a secular way of looking at this. Well, hey, you're, you're at some meeting. Hey, we need someone to read this thing. Can you stand up and read it? That's not what's happening in the liturgy. You see, God uses the lector as an instrument to communicate his word, to touch people's hearts, to move their hearts, to stir their hearts. God uses his word, his lector as an instrument to speak personally to each individual at the mass. You know, think of it this way. When a lector gets up to do the reading, you know what he's doing? He's loaning God his voice. That's what he's doing. He's loaning God his voice. If you ever get a chance to be a lector, that's what you're doing. You are loaning God your voice. What, what an amazing, what a profound, a profound role that is in the liturgy. Um, I want to talk practically, though, about what we can do to prepare for this encounter with God's word. You see, going back to Mount Sinai, when Israel was there getting ready to hear God speak to them, to speak those 10 commandments, did you know that they consecrated themselves for three days in preparation? <laughs> yeah. They didn't just show up at Mount Sinai and say, Hey God, here we are. We're ready to hear your voice. Uh-uh. They didn't just drive to the mountain, get out, go into the church and listen and expect they're going to be able to hear. That's not what they did. They took time for sacred preparation, sacred preparation for three days. They consecrated themselves, preparing their hearts and their minds to hear God speak to them. And if they took three days to do that, that's a good sign for us that when we go to mass, we can't drive up to the mass and just walk into the church and expect to hear God's word, uh, to hear it well, to let it penetrate our hearts. We need to prepare like Israel did. I want to talk about three levels of preparation. I want to talk about remote preparation, what we can do maybe even before we ever leave the house and you know, maybe in the day or the morning of or a couple of days before. I want to talk about on the way to church, proximate preparation, what we do on the way to church, and then finally immediate preparation, what we do when we enter the church to prepare our hearts. Three ways to prepare our hearts for our encounter with God's word. So first, remote preparation. Something you can do maybe on Sunday morning or maybe the day before, sometime on the weekend, is take time to look at the readings. You can go online. They're all for free. Just look online, you know, for the Catholic Sunday readings, and you can find them for free. Maybe you have a devotional book like Magnificat or My Daily Bread. You can use that as well. And it doesn't take that long just to read the readings. If that's all you did, that would be a great good. Maybe you're really busy and you say, I don't have time to do all of these readings. I'm going to hear them all again anyway. Well, take time to at least do the gospel. Can you do that? Can you can you give God maybe 40 seconds of your life? Usually the gospel reading doesn't take that long. Maybe 40 seconds, 90 seconds. It's not going to take that long for you to read most of the gospel stories. Um, and, and so just taking time that Sunday morning or maybe sometime on that weekend, if you have time to pray over the readings, like take time to prayerfully read them, to read a few lines, pause, talk to God about it in prayer. That's one of the best things you can do. And that's a wonderful thing. If you have a daily prayer life, use your Sunday morning prayer time to pray about the Sunday readings, at least the gospel, so that you're getting prepared for that encounter. Um, that's one great thing to till the soil of your heart, to, to have the seed of God's word really, really bear fruit in your soul. Second thing, I would say is proximate preparation. What do you do on the way to mass? 
I think this is a great, a great question. You know, many people, many of us, you know, when we go to mass, maybe, maybe you have the radio on and you're just listening to your favorite songs or you've got your playlist going or you're listening to the news or listening to your favorite talk show or the game, whatever it is. If you've got all that noise going on on the way to mass, you're not really going to be that ready to hear God's word. It's no wonder you're distracted. If you're filling your heart with distraction on the way to mass, it's no wonder you're going to find yourself very distracted during mass. So take time to just have a little bit of silence. Turn off the noise. Turn off your phone. Turn off the playlist. Turn off the radio. Whatever it is, and just have a little silence. Build a little space in your soul to prepare to hear God's word. Now you can fill that space maybe with some prayers. Maybe you you pray a decade of the rosary on the way in. That that's a wonderful thing to do to kind of get your heart ready. Um, another great thing you could do is maybe you can talk about the readings on the way to mass. Maybe you can talk about the readings on your way to mass. You can uh, maybe tell the story. If you've got little kids, I'll tell you one thing I did. I was taking my, my kids to mass recently and I said, Hey kids, I gotta tell you a story. There, there once was a man that was really short and he wanted to see Jesus. Uh, and he had done some bad things in his life. He had stolen a lot of money from people, but he, he really wanted to see Jesus, but he's short. And when there's a big crowd around Jesus, do you think he's going to be able to see them? And, and my kids are like, of course not. No, cause they know, cause they're short and they're often in crowds and can't see. Yeah. So they really relate to the story. And guess what he did when he wanted to see Jesus, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree and he climbed to the top of the tree and he was waiting there for Jesus. And then eventually when Jesus passed, he's walking around and Jesus looks up and he sees some guy in a tree. Isn't that funny? And they're all laughing. And then, and then Jesus says, I want to come to your house tonight. And, and what a beautiful story. You know, this man really wanted to find Jesus. So he was even willing to climb a tree to see him. And then he got to have a dinner with Jesus. Isn't that great? Oh, they love the story. And then they show up at mass and guess what the gospel was? The whole story of Zacchaeus. So they, as soon as they start hearing the story, little Kiara and Eleanor, my five and three year old, look at me, daddy, that's the story you told. <laughs> you know, so that's a fun way you can do it with little kids. If there's older kids in the car with you, maybe you can have them, you give them their phone, your phone and have them read the readings for you or give them your Magnificat, whatever it is. And maybe you can read the readings together uh, on the way to mass, or maybe you just talk about them a little bit, like something that struck you. You know, families that have spiritual conversations together are, are families that are going to have children that continue in faith. You know, there's a great sociologist, a Christian Smith, that did a little study on this. He's a Catholic sociologist in Notre Dame. He did a study on what is it that makes Catholic families, you know, some have kids that stay Catholic and others that don't. Uh, and yes, prayer, devotion, orthodoxy, these things were important, but the most important thing was talking to your children about faith, sharing about your own spiritual life with them. And uh, a lot, not a lot of families have those conversations. Going to mass is a great way to facilitate that, to make it easy. Each week, it's not like you have to come up with saying, oh, what do I need to talk to them about today? No, there's Sunday readings. And just every, you got a habit of talking about the Sunday readings and maybe sharing a little bit from your own reading of it, your own praying over it, what you get out of it, how you feel challenged by it. That can really be just great for kids, but it's also just good for you to prepare your heart. So we talked about remote preparation, what you do before you ever leave the house, take time to do the readings if you can. Secondly, proximate preparation on the way to church, turn off the noise and then fill it with prayer or fill it with conversation about the readings themselves. Thirdly, and finally, immediate proximation, uh, I'm sorry, immediate, <laughs> immediate preparation, 
show up early to mass if you can. You know, even just like five minutes early, don't just come rushing into the door. You're you're coming in during the opening song. Now I'm saying this and I've got a, a, a large family and we're often late and, 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 you know, don't beat yourself over the head if you, if you, if you, if you're not able to get there early. Um, but I know that when I do get there early and my kids are there early, it's just a much better experience. So you get there early, but even if you do happen to come in late, here's the good news. The liturgy has a built in preparation for you. <laughs> it's called the introductory rites. That's when you confess your sins. You say, I confess to almighty God. And then you, you cry out for God's mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. You sing the glory. You sing God's praises, thanking him for all he's accomplished in his works of salvation. So that alone is, is a preparation. But if you can come early, do your best to, to try to do that. So I hope this gives you a couple practical things that you can do, three things that you can do to get ready to prepare for your encounter. If the Israelites gave three days of preparation to encounter God in his word, you can give God five minutes on Sunday morning and take time to read. You can give God five minutes on your way to mass and turn off the noise and talk about the readings. You can even show up a little early to have some time to pray right before mass if you can. These are wonderful things to prepare our hearts for the sacred encounter in the liturgy of the word. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, you share it with others that might be blessed by if you have friends or family that could be enriched by this podcast called All Things Catholic. I encourage you to pass this on to others. And again, if you have any questions, you can always reach me on my website, edwards3.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget, if you have not subscribed to those show notes, you can get those at ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. Again, ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. Thanks so much and God bless. Yes.